It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Perville, joined by my co-host as always, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mate, how you doing? And don't tell me about the rainy, dreary weather. I want you to see positivity. Uh, I'm not too bad. You know, Lamar Jackson just ran off 100 yards on us. Um, he's, he's thrown for three, t- three TDs, you know, the last game versus Steelers. Hollywood Brown went 150 yards receiving. You know, Patrick, Patrick Queen. Got two sacks in an interception against the Steelers. Is that the last game they played? Is that the game that they no, just played? No, it feels like it's this game. Are you joking? Oh, my. It's not over yet, people. Mate, oh, we're live from the future, but we're not that far in the future. It feels like this week, everyone thinks this, we're going to lose and the season's over. And I had to address that because it's crazy and I can't stand it. Hello, my name's Mark Davis, and welcome to Behind the Steel Curtain. (laughs) Oh, what a a classic. And we've got Irvin in the live chat as well, first one in. So congrats, Irvin, there. Yeah, and I think, you know what else is a travesty? I couldn't find a Steelers Christmas song. I thought someone would have written a Steelers Here We Go right by now. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Christmas is still a few days away, mate. Same as the Ravens game. We don't know. Maybe in that time, maybe a Christmas song might come out, but we don't know the result yet. So just calm down, Matty. Calm down. So, Mark, it sounds like you're pretty frustrated. <laughs> it sounds like you're pretty frustrated with some of the fan base out there. But before we get into that, um, some sort of some news. Steelers have activated Carlos Davis, Chaz Green as well. 
Um, good to see Carlos Davis back out of that reserve injured list. Um, and then also TJ Watt, I believe, is now in the game. So that is going to be very, very helpful for us. Um, but I'm interested to see, like, you know, I think Hayward was still potentially out with an illness that wasn't yeah. COVID. So I don't know whether, I think he's got one more day to prove himself, but but not sure, not sure what's happening there um, as well. And I think we're still looking like Hayden's going to be out as well. Um, I haven't seen the latest update on that one. Not sure if you know Mark about Hayden. Uh, I, I believe Hayden's Hayden is out. I checked the injury report today or this morning, and even it says now it says game status out. So I have to go with what the Steelers say from their actual website. Joe Hayden seems to be out. Um, he's another key piece for this defense that will be missed, um, and we can't play like we did, you know, versus the Bengals. I know that was a horrible game, and we let up so many yards. So. Yeah, for this Ravens game, it's not good for us. I, I, I'm, I'm still, I, I, I see what everyone sees. Okay, I see that we are playing bad. It's not good. But the, <laughs> it's very Christmas. Do you see what I see? <laughs> but there's still, there's still hope. And and yeah, being Hayden being out now, what coming back? Um, you know that's good. But how does the the, the COVID nineteen affect him? Does, does he does he play okay? I don't know. We don't know. We won't know until they go into the field. Um, but having what back at least will pressure Lamar more than some other the other guys we have on the uh, uh, linebacker side. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I want to bring up Evan Giles because I've just pulled that up while you were talking there, Mark, as well. And it uh, looks like Adam Schefter's reporting that Big Ben's told people that, um, particularly the teammates privately, that it's his final season. Um, the tweet that I was just pulling up there because this is broken in the last 10 to 20 minutes. Um, apparently, it's about not wanting to... Um, assuming this is correct, assuming his sources are correct, this is all about not wanting to disrupt the Steelers' playoff push. I mean, look, I think that as soon as that comes into play, it's already going to be disruptive to that or it's going to be something that's noteworthy. Um, so, Mark, I mean, look, I'm going to let you go full steam into it um, and ask you a few questions because I know that you're pretty keen as, as we sort of kicked off this show around talking that some of the fan base are just giving up. Well, let's start with the Big Ben stuff. If this is Big Ben's last season, why should the Steelers tune into the Ravens tomorrow? Is that another reason? You know, why should the no, Steelers really be giving up on this team? It's really if he's if this is his last season, you know, you don't know what you what you have until it's gone. Uh, kind of mentality. Like if this is Big Ben's last season, he's played eighteen seasons, he's done so many things for us um, as a fan base, as a um, to get behind our team. He's a two time Super Bowl winner. He's been to three. Um, countless division games. He's done everything. He's got you know, most yards, most. He's just, he's the leader of this team or, um, you know, stat wise. So, and a lot of people are saying, you know, bench Big Ben. But in reality of all things, if there's six games to go. What's the point in benching him now? Yeah. There's no, there's no point in, in what I see. There is no point to bench Big Ben right now. You know, you're better well, off. And you're not going to be, you're not going to bench, they're not going to bench Big Ben in his final season. Like, he's going to have to have two games of five interceptions. They're not benching Big Ben in his final season, assuming the, that it is. The biggest thing season. I see is, is, okay, yes, we, you know, a lot of fans get around and they say, you didn't have an interception for five games and I was so great. And we were on we were on the Big Ben train. And now it's like we had a really bad game where he threw two interceptions and we got beat down 41 to 10 by a good, angry, young Bengals side. And it feels like the world has been turned upside down, which I don't really agree with. Um, you guys can call me crazy, and I'm more of a passionate fan than I am, like, you know, I guess uh, factual or, or a realist of, like, this team because I'll cheer anyone. If, Matty, if you suited up behind quarterback, I'd cheer you on to play. 
I really would. I'd say, you know, give give Maddie the number ten jersey and let's go. And then you can, then finally Maddie's got his name on. Uh, you know, he's got a jersey. But I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd be like, number nine, mate. Boz would have to change his number. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to fight to it for his number. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, I don't know. You could. I'm just saying. Look, as the way that I've grown up and watched this game and been behind this game. And I'm a big fan. And people, you know what? Call me out if you want to, because I really don't care. I'm speaking to the real diehard fans who want to who want to get on my train and really rally behind. We're five five and one. The Steelers are versing the Ravens. We beat the Ravens last year, two in a row. Lamar Jackson has thrown four interceptions last game. He's not the best quarterback. You watch him throw his passes on the outs. It goes over people's hands all the time. I don't think there's there is reason to give up at all. There is no reason. Now, if I'm wrong and we lose, well. We'll come back next week and we'll, do, we'll, we'll talk about something else. Do you, do you but, see where I'm coming from? But we come back next week and we give it another crack, <laughs> right? Like the Steelers can come back next week. They can give it another crack, right? So, you know, that's going to be the... All right, as Manny does a bit of a rain check here. Um, I think he's, he's de- his devices are not connected, so his Wi-Fi is just gone. But, yeah, I'll continue my rant if I can. So, you know, listening, guys, this is a, a small little break. My name's Mark from Behind the Stool Curtain, uh, where people come into live chat. I don't mean to get on a big, massive rant. It's just the way that I watch this game, um, being a Steeler fan and having the opportunity with Behind the Stool Curtain, I just wish them full success every single um Every single game. It doesn't matter if they lose five in a row, six in a row, and we have a chance, you know. I, from one, being from my side, being being a fan or being on this podcast, I never want to wish um, a tanking season. I never want to wish uh, us to get the, to you know, go really bad and get the first draft pick. Because the number one thing is I wait, and a lot of fans too, we wait all year. We wait nine months, or me and Maddie, as Maddie comes back, we wait nine to ten months to come back and cheer our team on. I'm not going to give away the next six games to go to wait until April. Um, this is really all I have. This is like to be very honest. It's one of the be- one of those things in life that I have that I can cheer and support and get around. I'm not going to wait until April or, or next September to get that uh, number one pick. And if we hope to get a, a new quarterback, there are new quarterbacks out there like uh, the Jags guys, uh, Zach Wilson that aren't doing anything for their team and these franchises are struggling. I just think it's a culture problem. Maddie, where'd you go? <laughs> I said my media hub is playing a bit like Devin Bush. It's going missing at the wrong, <laughs> at the wrong points in time. So uh, yeah, not, not good there. Not good there. Um, but anyway, hopefully it can stay, it can stay on for the rest of the show um, there. So that's what happens when you tinker with the settings too much. Um, Dog barking, it's all going nuts over here, just like the 41 to 10 loss last week. But speaking of the 41 to 10 loss last week, um, you know, I'm sort of interested to know how are you feeling after that game? Because obviously you've like obviously, you know, you have said you're back, you're back in the team no matter what. You said you're yes. pumped, not give up on the team. But how were you feeling two minutes after that game ended last week? Two minutes? I'll be very honest, it was a bad game. It was a really, really bad game. Uh, we didn't run the ball at all, really. We didn't even try. Um, Big Ben is having miscommunication problems with Claypool. And I would say, you know, no one's really taking ownership on that on that route. He threw that interception and it was like, maybe it was more Big Ben being scared in that in that circumstance when he could have went to Claypool, you know, down the sideline. Um, the the defense is just not there. They're not playing with any heart. There's there's no there's no one really playing in the middle. Uh, outside linebackers aren't doing anything. Yes, we've got a few sacks, but Overall, 41 to 10, 
Um, it's a bad loss. It really is a terrible, terrible loss. And I see that. I see the how we are have no players. You know, the skill might be lacking, or we have like depth guys filling in, um, getting getting burnt everywhere. Pierre got carved up on the outside. He got carved up too many times. Mate, I'm done with. I don't. I don't interject there, man. I'm done with Pierre. I'm. You know, I'm. The guy's a depth piece. If that in the NFL, done. Well, he got carved up about what three or four, or five times. I would say that in every single route, and it felt like it felt like the same route. He played, he played off coverage. He never got in the man's face, uh, and then they completed the ball, and it was like you know third and thirteen, and we got it the first down. It just kept happening over and over. We were never really in that game to begin with, and yes, that is a lot of uh, critique from some fans who say you know we don't get ready for these games, and I do see that. I do see how there is no heart and passion. Um, I just think that they they can change it around. And look, I can I can be completely wrong, but. You know, the Ravens can go out there and stump us, but in this particular game, they are not they're not the best side either. So I'll ask you a question, Mark, that's like that's sitting here for me. And I think there'd be some people that would probably be thinking about it as well. You know, the last couple of years when the Steelers haven't done as well, kind of 2019 onwards, people have sat there and said we wasted, you know, and I know the Scobros talked about it the other week, but we wasted talent. Like you know, we never won a Super Bowl when we had AB and Lav Bell and, you know, and some of those sorts of guys and that great O-line and, and all the rest of it. But do you think, because in some ways I sit there, I'm like, well, if they didn't win it, how can we expect this team to do that? Like there's just been such a, a loss of talent and like that defense is missing so many good players and, you know, there's such turnover. And this is the thing, this is the thing that I'm, you know, you said to me before we went on air and it was a really good point. This team aren't the Lions. They're not like 0-9-1 or 0-8-1 or whatever the Lions are now, right? And so I sort of sit there and I think, well, would this would the fan base be happier if the Steelers were that way and we had the first round pick and like we had the first pick in the draft or the second pick or the third pick, you know, a top five pick? Is that what we'd prefer? And I'm willing to wonder, like, and I understand the business sense in it. Like I'm going to sit here straight. I don't believe in tanking, but quite frankly, from a business perspective. And this isn't like when you're, this isn't, you know, high school or junior school sport or whatever it is where participation and learning the spirit of the game and sportsmanship are the key. It's a business, right? And you have a top pick and it puts you in a really good spot as a franchise if you get it right. So I understand, I understand the the philosophy of tanking. Like I, I do get it. But what I can't understand is that and I'm not saying that we should change our expectations or our standards. And I'm so I said it in War Room um, this week as well. Like the standard is the standard. I'm sick of hearing that because they're not playing to the standard, right? The standard for this team is below the standard. <laughs> That's what it is. But as what I what I'm trying to say here is is that should we really be expected? Do we want them to do worse? Or should we stick with it and see if they can scrape in with a team that we know has limitations? You know, and I, I think about Super Bowls that this Steelers, you know, the Steelers have won in the course of their history where they've gone into the playoffs, you know, not as the not as world beaters, not as the team that's going to win, win the you know, win the Super Bowl, and they've that's had limitations and they've come together and found a way to get it done. And I think that's what that's what the fan base needs to decide, both individually and collectively. Like, w- which way are we going to look at it? Man, I'm I'm writing. I'll give you this. I'll give you this analogy, okay? And this might only appeal to the one Australian fan that's listening, but I'll give this analogy. I'm riding the train, whatever direction it goes in. For me, I'm on the Central Coast. I can either go to Newcastle, which is north. I'm pretty sure, yeah, north, 
or I can go to Sydney, which is which is uh, south. Now, either way, either way you go to one of those those cities, some would have different expectations and ideas to say which city is best. Okay, so I'm riding it every single game to say the Steelers are going to win this game, and hopefully we have a good playoff push like we did in 2016. We were six and five in 2016, and we went on to win I think the last six to go 11 and five, or last five to to, to go 11 and five, right? And that was when I was in Canada, and I watched that game, that, uh, that 2016 team. Yes, they were a better, better team, for sure, right? But they went on to the playoffs. They won in the division. They ended up getting two wins, and then they lost to the Patriots. And then that's the point we get to when we lose to the Patriots. Then the other side of the coin, you know, flips, and someone catches and go, oh, we lost to the Patriots. We suck. We're terrible. Mike Tomlin sucks. Big Ben's too old. So I'm just got, getting to the point of, like, can you win it both ways? You know, if you're following this team, I follow just to see what happens and I, you know, I ride the emotions. But if you're jumping on, you know, like this team is terrible and you're going to check out, see you, see you in April. I'll talk to you in April. But if, you, if you're going to keep on the train, it's on the same train with me. Why do you keep, why do you keep pestering me? Why do I need to, you know, follow, follow the team and I want to have fun with this team. And I hope that they can win every single game. Now, money where your mouth is was something that we, that was a phrase we used a lot in our debut season last year. Bringing him back for this one, money where your mouth is, do the Steelers make the playoffs? Yes. You do? Because, okay. Because I would say if you can beat these divisional opponents and then go to, okay, divisional opponents at least, and then maybe one or two games give them a chance for the seventh seed. We're only two games back out of the seventh seed. Okay. Now that was a hard that was a hard question to ask, and that was a great question to ask. Puts my puts puts my passion on the on the pedestal and says, okay, what's really going to happen, Mark? I get that, but I still believe they can if things get around because they have Big Ben, and if this is his last ride for sure. Don't count if, him out. And okay, if they miss the playoffs, do you think he comes back for another season? Do you think he's truly? I honestly, I, we, we, you and I have talked about the Big Ben uh, saga coming back and forth every single I time. I don't know that. I can't answer. I, I really don't know if he's got. Because what's I've, your I've, gut I've, feel? What's your gut feel? Or even not? What's what's your heart feel? What what do you want in an ideal world? Oh, I'll say this. I'm gonna. I, I can't. I really can't answer it because I've answered that question. I think three times, and I've been wrong every single time. I thought he was done after the injury. I thought he was going to give it up after, after the injury. I thought that was it. I thought he was going. I thought, thanks, Ben. Thanks, mate, for your time. Uh, he comes back. And, there was, you know, even uh, I think maybe before that, I thought he was going to, like, play for four more years. He could honestly, he could honestly, uh, you know, he could play next year with a better with better team around him, build the O-line better like you've talked about, um, get some more start, maybe a start, another receiver, get Juju back, get our defense back, get the heart and team back. Um, and the, the only thing I would say that I find that why he would walk away would be the disconnect from the young players, if that makes any sense. He's 39 years old. The younger yeah. players are 22, 23. Um, it's not like, you know, if, if we can go to the bars or whatever, like they're going out and having fun and doing their, you know, um, you, you know, young people stuff where Big Ben's going home. Well, and no real- this is the, well, that, and you know, you saw it this week with Big Ben talking about, you know, Dan Rooney, you know, and versus Art Rooney and, you know, what it was like and music in the locker room and, you know, all the rest of it. And, and Dave brought it up and I was listening to that lot, that sort of, you know, 20 minutes or so of that show having lunch. And he, he said exactly what I wanted someone to say. Big Ben came onto this team before we had Twitter, before we had smartphones. 
it's a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Like you think about the world that's changed in the last 16 to seven years before the GFC, you know, or like it's just a, a million different things that we're talking about here, um, you know, that are that are incredible to see that difference. And it's it's like you say, Mark, but going back to the Steelers and their passion. And, and before I do do that, I want to bring up Matt Quinn's comment in the live chat because I, I understand his sentiment. I, I feel quite similar that, you know, it's not the season's not over if they lose this week mathematically, but it's going to be really hard to overcome that loss, particularly it's a divisional um, so, opponent. Yeah, I, agree. I agree with that. But going back to what we're saying before about the Steelers and the heart of the team and the passion and the standard is the standard and all, all those sorts of things and have they wasted talent and all the rest of it. What... How much of an impact do you think it's going to be when, if let's let's take it as you know, assuming what Adam Schefter's tweeted out is correct, I'm not taking what Alex Kazora says. I'm taking what Chef Adam Schefter says on on Twitter, and he doesn't get it right all the time either. Um, most of the time, he does. But if big, if this is Big Ben's final season, how much of an impact do you think that's going to be next year on the standard? Is the standard and leading that locker room? You know, and, and who needs to step up? And we can't just say you're TJ Watson, you're Cameron Haywards, but who on this offense is going to step up? Because that's a very different offense. You'll, you'll need the big, you need, you'll need to play physical football, a bit like they need to do, play physical football now. You'll need the big fellas up front. You'll need the Dotson, you'll need the, the um, Kendry Green, the center, Trey Turner. You'll need those fellas to have the identity of playing steel, steel curtain football on the offensive side. They're just not. They're not pushing anyone. They're not fit, making anyone fear. It's a good question. I don't know. That's that's the unknown of like who's who would fill in for Big Ben, and that's going to be, you know, probably seventy five percent of our shows next year <laughs> for everyone. You know, who's going to fill in for Big Ben? We don't know. Um, uh, who so, do you think? Who, who do you think would fill in for Big Ben? Yeah. So this is the thing. I think honestly, I think there's two guys that embody. And I know this seems very early to say it, but I think there is two guys that embody that hardworking Steelers culture, that grind at all costs, that just step up when it needs to be. And that's Najee and Freemuth. I think those two guys that we've got, and I, I honestly, and I've said it, you know, when I do the rookie, focus on the rookies each week in War Room, talked about it a lot. But those two pieces, no matter what quarterback, when we, you know, we could, we're probably going to go out and get a veteran in, in you know, in the off season. Like they're probably not going to rely on drafting a quarterback in this next draft. I hate to break it to everyone, but that's just the case. Like Matt Corral at the moment is probably going to go number one. I know people talking about Kenny Pickett and all the rest of it. Matt Corral is probably going to be the first quarterback taken off the board and it's going to come, you know, around pick eight or, or, or even afterwards. Right. So that quarterback's not sitting there. In fact, there's a guy that I've seen out of Boston college. who's had a few injuries um, Phil Yerkovic or Yerkovic, um, who's could return back into college next year, might be available in the following year. I like what he can do in a, and I don't I think he's not supported by the right guys around him for all those out there that like draft and college football. But you look at the pieces that Najee and Freemuth are, they are going to make it easy for whatever quarterback comes in there, provided there's a good O line. Like, we just have to caveat number one, the O line's, you know, crap. You can't do anything. But to have Najee there, a hard worker, a grinder, someone who's experienced, someone that's got the right mental temperament, amazing talent, and the same as Freemuth, they are massive linchpins. And they're going to have to lead, the, they are going to have to lead this team. And it is going to come down to guys like Dotson and what have you. But I think you've got Freemuth who's going to lead in his play. 
And I think Najee, just the way he talks already, you know, you see him in those interviews, he commands the respect. But actually, it also makes me, and it leads me to the next question um, that I wanted to ask you. Mike Tomlin's copped a lot of criticism. And for everyone listening as well on the audio and live right now, we will get into previewing the Ravens game specifically, and particularly in part two. But we, there's a lot of different storylines going on at the moment. So we wanted to grapple with those um, before we look, you know, focus in on the, the micro trends, you know, the micro focus of the Ravens game in the next sort of 36 hours. But the question I want to ask you was, you talked about the culture there and we talked about changing players. I don't think Mike Tomlin should go, I hate that fire Tomlin crowd. I've given the Arsenal analogy all the time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Arsenal's last, you know, major winning manager, Arsene Wegner, and you, you'll figure out what the, the, you know, the analogy pretty quickly. But I do think there's going to have to be, and I'm not saying they change the coordinator, but they're going to have to make some changes on offense and defense from the coordinator perspective or like some of the other coaches. Now, there's guys like Adrian Clem, who I think has actually done a good job, you know, but I think Terrell Austin's particularly good on the defensive side. Now, people might call me foolish for criticizing Keith Butler, and I know he's an incredible linebacker coach, but something's going to have to change in this locker room other than just Big Ben's going. Some, something's going to have to change. And well, there's got to be something fresh because I don't think Tomlin's message has lost, is lost on the locker room. But, I, but Tomlin can't – there's a reason why you have coordinators and a number of coaches in professional sport. And Tomlin can't, in, you know, be responsible for making getting up, you know, making sure every player gets up each week or, you know, all, you know, 70-plus people if you include the practice squad. It can't all be on Tomlin. I, I kind of get the sense, too, with, like, players like TJ Watt, Cam, and maybe some of those leaders on the, on the you know, the veteran side and the defense – um, maybe they feel like they're limited with this playbook as well with the defense and the players. They, they do seem a little bit frustrated on, on what kind of schemes and things they're doing on the defense. Um, they're letting, they let up Joe Mixon have 170 yards on the ground. You can't be doing that. The Steelers yeah. defense right now has not bought into who they are. That, that steel mentality run down like Vince Williams on the quarterback on stuffing the run and doing those things like Lawrence Timmon, you know, did or, or playing like fantastic role, how William Gay used to play with us, you know? There are yeah. certain things in the Steelers' defense that they're missing, um, you know, a lot of things. And Ryan Clark, call, he called them out big time. But, you know, look out for Ryan Clark because he's so, he's so you know, wishy-washy. They'll go out and score 40 points this week and he'll be back on the, the, the bandwagon. I don't overly trust what Ryan Clark would say. Yes, he was a good player for us. But he called them out and said they're playing soft, they're playing bad defense. Yes, they are. Um, but that's his, that's his take, right? But I think with this Steelers' defense or, you know, mentality around the, the, the coordinators – Something does need to change because on, on both sides of the football, it does feel like they do seem very limited. Like with Big Ben checking down to Najee, or like you know, second and ten, and then, and then they don't—they're not throwing throwing the football past the sticks. They're doing the similar similar plays, and yes, they're working. But the record does say we're five five and one, so it's working fifty percent of the time, and it's working. It's not working the other time. They do need a spark. I don't think I don't think getting rid of Tomlin is the answer. Um, if you get rid of Tomlin, we are like the Lions. We have someone coming in. Is it Dan Campbell? Is he the Lions guy? Is trying to fire, yeah. fire him up. Um, they're a bad franchise. You have Jags. They're a bad franchise. I, I think Tomlin is the, you know, everything's, uh, it, it gives us a chance to win at the end of the day being being 500, right? So, and yes, some people don't like that and we should win Super Bowls every single year. But the reality is you can't win a Super Bowl every single year. It's not going to happen. Yes, we are due for one. We need one. But we need these players to step up and play that that football, 
And, you know, as a, as a side note too, we're in, we're in a different world. You look at it now. Zach Banner's going on the Arthur Moat show. Um, Chris Wormley's going on making his own show and doing little side projects. Um, for you and I, I would say, why aren't they studying football? But it's a whole different world right now in what we in uh, what we live in with the Steelers. And, you know, you and I are two Australians talking football behind this little curtain. So, you know what I'm saying? It's a very different world with this team. The, the, the young folks, they're so young now, they're 22. I'm almost 32 coming up in a, in a, in a month. Um, it's different. It's so different. But what I what I do miss as a Steelers fan, and I don't know what you, you think, I just miss the just be competitive and they're not they're not being competitive that's it i think and i think you've hit the nail on the head here i don't think it's about this team giving up and giving up on this team it's the competitiveness that you know even in the wins we've had it's the competitiveness you know i talk about all the time when was the last time we saw the steelers rack up a massive score right it's the competitiveness of like putting someone to the sword yeah exactly i i, I couldn't i couldn't tell you you know, I know a lot of stats. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't know. But the, the thing that I always find funny as well, particularly in the last week, is you've seen these massive contracts in college football. Like you've seen all the changes with you know Brian Kelly going to LSU, leaving Notre Dame, and you've seen Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma, you know, and go to um, Oklahoma State and go to um, you know USC, which which I think makes sense for him. And you know, uh, Matt Campbell got a massive contract in the offseason as well for Iowa. Mike Tomlin is making less money than those guys. So if people want to fire Tomlin, like at some point, Tomlin, I don't think he will. I just, I think he wants to coach an NFL and that's it. And that's the pinnacle. But like, if I'm Mike Tomlin, if I'm going to cop this for a couple more years, like why wouldn't he go to college? Like 10 years, 160 mil. That's double what he's making. Like people, people don't know. People don't know what you've got until it's gone. And if people are cotton on with that with Ben, like it's the same thing now. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's a very interesting headspace that we're in right now. But I think you've like I think what the other thing that you've hit on the head mark as well is it's this instant gratification part, and that's exactly. a difference in culture and in society now. People don't work to get things and to wait for things. Everyone's how many likes have I got on Instagram, or why can't I have this now? And you know, I'm going to go into and even look at like. You know, and everyone, in this, most people in this world have some sort of debt and what have you. But even like the idea of a credit card, 30 years ago, credit cards, you know, 40 years ago, credit cards didn't exist. If you couldn't afford it, you didn't have it. And I think the way society's changed with instant gratification, it's not something, I mean, you think back when the Steelers, before they won all those Super Bowls, before Chuck Noll came on board, right? Like people were still rocking up in the Pittsburgh cold in the 60s to watch them play. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, it wasn't, you know, full to the brim every week. And I know it wasn't. But this is the difference as well is we're very quick each week once one result, everyone's quick to just shift yeah, and jump exactly. on something. Is that what, like, if you're listening to these podcasts as well, we're, you know, we're kind of preaching to the converted. But if you're taking the time to tweet out in your personal time on Twitter about the Steelers or on Facebook or whatever other channel, or even to go to your local bar and, you know, and wear your Jersey and talk about it. Right. Surely you've got enough respect and love for the team to just back them. Even when the times are down and people always, when you challenge it too, people sit there and go, oh, I don't know. Like I love my Steelers. I just want to see them do well. Well, let's put some positive energy out there right now. I don't know. Most people probably don't believe in, you know, you're putting energy out and what you put out in the universe, you get back, but God, well, at least we could put some, you know, put some positive, you know, juju out there. <laughs> like, I think so. Like 
It's like a positive outlook on life. Is the glass empty all the time or is it full? Or you can look at it and go, oh, you know, what? what's left in the glass of this season that we might be able to make something positive from it, you know? As a great great quote I saw this week was, um, it's not about whether the glass is, you know, full, empty, or can be refilled, like, you know, or either one of them. It's that it can be refilled. That's good. They've got a chance to refill the glass this week. Or, or you're even holding the glass to begin with, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, the, the, at the end of the day, and I know we have talked about a lot of fans, but I think we had to get off our chest and to address it. It, it, it needed yeah. to be addressed because it, it, it seems like we are, oh my, what happened to, oh wow, let's go. But at the end of the day, we are supporters. And what do supporters do? You support your team. And for us bashing them and saying Big Ben stinks after the 17, 18 years he's given us, I don't agree with that at all. And it, this is this is really bar talk. This is you and I going over to America, having a few beverages and talking to you know guys in Pittsburgh and having bar talk and saying who is better. And we love that. We love that conversation. We really do. So maybe it needs to be more addressed in person than it does need to be on the social media aspect of sides. But, you know, it's it's not over. And it's not over with Big Ben. And he's done tremendous things. And, he's, and you know, or they haven't won in this many days. But it's still, it's still you know, less than the Bengals. The Bengals haven't won in, uh, let me check, 11,291 days. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're okay. And with that, we're going to take a break on Steelers Touch. Down Under, I'm Matt Peverell with Marky D. As always, join us for part two. If you're on the live YouTube side and Facebook side, just stay with us for a sec. If you're on the audio side, flick over to part two. We're going to talk more about the Ravens, do a bit of audience Q&A, sling and slang as usual. Uh, and yeah, really looking forward to a great part two. 